0: All right, get out your Bibles and turn with me to uh, the book of 2 Peter. We're going to be jumping around a bit tonight. We're going to be looking at different scriptures, but we're going to start here. 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. What we're starting tonight is a... Series, and I, I don't do this very often. In fact, I hardly do it at all as far as having series on uh, either Sunday morning or Sunday night. I re- I've really felt compelled here over the last few weeks uh, to, to hit a subject that I think is extremely important in the Christian life, <clears throat> and that is the, the, uh, the subject of living by biblical principles. In other words, there, there, is, uh, there are principles that are found in the Word of God that we need to grab hold of and allow those to guide and direct and, and even change uh, our actions. Uh, I look back at when I got saved back in 1969, and that, that first, uh, well, there were six months where I didn't really do much at all. Uh, and I was struggling with some things. And then finally, uh, things began to fall into place in August. I got saved in February. <clears throat> in, uh, in August, things began to fall into place. I began to go back to church. And uh, that next year, there was just decision after decision after decision after decision. And particularly <laughs> on Sunday nights, uh, I don't think I think for the first six, eight, maybe even twelve weeks, I don't think there was a Sunday night I wasn't up here at the, well, not here, but uh, in Rochester, up at the altar, uh, just uh, uh, getting something right with God because everything the preacher preached about uh, he it was was wrong in my life because I I hadn't I, I wasn't saved for seventeen years and I developed some some habits and so forth that needed to be changed. And every time I looked at the Bible, there was a new principle that was contrary to the way that I was acting. And so I had to make some changes. By the way, that's not a bad thing. That's a real good thing. And we need to be doing that on a continual basis because the bottom line is we've, we've not arrived yet. Amen? None of us have. And so whenever God shows us something in His Word... We uh, it's our responsibility to uh, to live by that principle that we find in the book. So with that in mind, uh, let's all stand together. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let them look on with you. Second Peter chapter one, and uh, we'll we'll uh, start in verse one and read down through verse eight. So Simon Peter a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them, that have obtained like precious faith with, with, uh, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him, Charity, for if these things be in you, and abound, they shall make they they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow for prayer. Father, uh, we're thankful so so much for each one that's here tonight. We're thankful, God, just for the opportunity and for the freedom that we have to meet on a Sunday night like this and and take a look at Your Word and and uh, allow the Word of God to change the way we do things. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray that as we, as we begin tonight with this study on Bible principles and, and living a life through principles, a principled life, uh, Father, we pray that you would guide and direct and help us to get a, get a, a basis uh, of an understanding tonight of uh, what Bible principles are and where they lead, and why they are so absolutely important in our Christian lives, and that we must live those principles on a daily basis. We pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. What I'm uh, what 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 I'm looking for the the uh, uh, and I believe what you're looking for is a uh, is hearts tonight that are willing to say, Lord, as we go into this study. Uh, and you speak to my heart about making changes based upon what the Bible says. I'm willing to make rules and regulations and, and, and guidelines in my own life that, uh, that I will live by because I want to please and honor my Lord and my Savior. Uh, Lord, that's the, that's the goal tonight, that we would get to that place where, where whatever you do show us in the next few weeks We'll be willing to make whatever changes are necessary and whatever personal rules that we need in our personal lives in order to live a life that's pleasing and honoring and glorifying of you. We pray your blessings upon this time. Now speak to our hearts tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. What's according to, if you look with me, in fact, let's just take a look again. Verses 5 through 8 says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And this is, I think this order is, is extremely important. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, into to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. If you'll notice, it says that when you get saved, you add to your faith virtue. And we've talked about this before, how that uh, so many times we, and and I see this in Christians, in brand new babes in Christ, first thing they want to do is they want to add knowledge. They want to get as much as they can and just suck it in and suck it up and, and learn whatever they can, it's all brand new. There's a danger in that. And the danger is, They don't have the virtue to handle the knowledge. And that's the reason why God says, add to your faith virtue, and then to your virtue, as you grow in virtue, you add knowledge. Now, what is is virtue? Virtue is moral excellence, and virtue is moral strength. Uh, Let me just say this you don't have a whole lot of that when you get saved, you just don't. and, and I think people today have less than they did even 50 years ago uh, because uh, m- much of that is is really left our society. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard the illustration and used the illustration of back, back 50 years ago when somebody got saved, uh, everybody always has excess baggage. No, no matter when, when you get saved in life, you've got some baggage and so a twenty five year old uh, trust Christ to Savior fifty years ago. He's got uh, you know two two suitcases, an overnight bag, and uh, and a, a trunk full of uh, of stuff. Today, they've got five U U-Hauls behind them, okay, of excess baggage. And it's just because that's that's where society has gone in general. And that's, that's uh, what has happened in individuals' lives. And that's why virtue is so important. I heard a preacher make a comment years ago. it stuck with me for the years. Uh, he, said, he said, you know, he says the day after a person gets saved, they have no more character than they had the day before they got saved. And he's right. Now, I will say this. They do have the Spirit of God, and they've got the Bible that can help them with that. And God wants to help us with that. That's why he says, add to your faith virtue. He does not say add to your faith knowledge because virtue is what we need. Uh, what do we, because we often add knowledge instead of virtue, the Bible says, knowledge puffeth up. Uh, makes people I, and, and proud, and I've watched it. I, I, I've, I've seen this thing happen over and over and over again. Somebody gets saved, they, they uh, get into uh, uh, the Bible, unfortunately, oftentimes they also get into the Internet, and they get a hold of a bunch of doctrines. They may be good doctrines. They, 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 may, not e- they, they may not even be heresies. They may even be good doctrines, but they're not ready for them yet and they, they amass all this stuff uh, to themselves, they start thinking that there's somebody. Um, you know, I, I find that the, one of the greatest tools that the devil's got to cause us, to, to, to cause our personal downfall is our pride. Our pride. Uh, pride is a dangerous thing. And, and uh, I, I've watched pride hurt me. I've watched pride hurt others. I've watched pride take people right out of action. Uh, just just totally lay them flat. And uh, oftentimes it's this process. They don't have the virtue that they need. And uh, uh, Bible principles and responding to them properly and adding them to your life and changing your behavior based upon what the Word of God says and taking... You know, you've heard me use the the the, uh, the phrase "connecting the dots." You know, connect the dot of a verse to a practice in your life, and cause that practice to change based upon what you found in the Word of God, and that will change your virtue. That will that will expand your virtue. That will strengthen your virtue, and that's exactly right after faith. the The, the next thing that we need is to be strong in virtue. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Though the word repentance is not found in this verse, this verse is a classic uh, verse on what repentance is because repentance is a turning and uh, in... in, uh, First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.9, he's talking about, about salvation uh, to the Thessalonians, and, and he says, for they themselves show of themselves what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the, uh, 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 I just lost it, to, to serve the living and true God. Uh, it says we turn to God, and we turn to God from idols. You turn to the truth. You don't just turn from error. When you turn from error, you better turn towards something that's right and that's good and that's pure. And that's the same way in our Christian life. Once you get saved, that process continues. You turn from that which is wrong, but make sure you're turning to a specific Thing that is right, and and uh, uh, that, and again, that that is repentance. Often, we we separate ourselves from a practice, from uh, from uh, sin, from evil, because someone told us to. You know what? That's not necessarily wrong. Early on in the Christian life. That's not wrong. I did a lot of things because someone who I trusted told me to. I didn't know the Bible like I should have. uh, And and as, as time went on, I got familiar with it, and I began to understand the why. A good example of that is baptism. You know, I learned more about why we should get baptized after I got baptized than I knew before I got baptized. Uh, and, and I believe one of the reasons why is because a good understanding, according to Scripture, the book of Psalms, good understanding have all they that do his commandments. He didn't say the understanding will come, and then when it comes, then you do it. It says you do what you know you're supposed to do, and then afterwards God will give you understanding. And, and uh, uh, so that's not necessarily wrong, but there comes a point in your Christian life, and many of you are there, where you need to not, not just know what to stay away from, but why, and what to turn to specifically, and not just because somebody told you. Um, again, when, you, when you're raising kids, uh, you expect your children, we expected our children, to keep our rules and to keep our regs. Uh, we, had, we had biblical reasons for them, and, and quite honestly, sometimes we failed to explain that very clearly. And 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 when we did that, that was our fault. We failed. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's especially in the early years. You don't have to do that. I mean, when the when the kid is three, four, or five, you don't sit down and have a discussion as to why they should do what they no, they should do it because mom and dad said to do so. So that settles it. Just do it. Uh, but as they get older, you expect them to know why, and you expect them to change their reason for being obedient. You expect them to change the reason too. I'm not obedient just because I'm told to by mom and dad, but because I know that that's what God wants in my life. I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I know what I should turn from, and I know what I should turn to. And, and what, it, what it becomes what you are as you grow in the Christian life is you are three things you're first of all what you know second of all what you do but then thirdly it's what you are on the inside and all three of those things have to have to be together in your Christian life not not just it's not just it's not just uh, uh, what you know, but it's what you do with what you know, and then it's your character, your virtue, who you are on the inside. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to look at the very last verse, very important verse, a very familiar verse to many of you. It says simply this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, All is abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, what he has done is he has just taken uh, 57 verses and explained not only Christ's resurrection, but our resurrection, the fact that we are going to be accountable to God someday, that we're going to see him face to face, that God's going to give us a new body, that that he, uh, he starts off by giving us a natural body and then... Uh, when, after we get saved and when we die or are, are raptured, either one, uh, we will get a new body. And, uh, you know, a, at least at the rapture, we'll get, we'll get that new body. And uh, God, God makes it real, real plain that that doctrine ought to make a difference in your life. And that's why he says after he explains the whole doctrine of resurrection in verse in verse 58 he says therefore my beloved brethren in other words based upon what you know be steadfast allow it to change the way that you live be steadfast be unmovable always abounding in the work of the lord why for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the lord you know that a judgment's coming you know that you will be accountable, you know you'll be rewarded, and all those things ought to, uh, to motivate you. He says, be steadfast. That means to be firm. That means to be fixed. That means to be constant. Unmovable. You can't move them. You can't shake them. Uh, you can't abound unless, you can't abound uh, in, in uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You're not going to abound in the work of the Lord unless you're steadfast, and unmovable. In order to be steadfast and unmovable, you've got to have some anchors in your life. The anchors come from the Word of God, they come from finding Bible principles and applying those principles specifically to your personal life. Uh, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3 and verses 13 and 14. 2 Timothy 3, 13 and 14 says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And all God's people said, <laughs> you know, isn't that true? Don't, aren't we seeing that today? Uh, things are worse now than they were five years ago. Things are, were worse five, five years ago than they were 10 years ago. Uh, you just see that, that whole trend, and we talked about that this morning, how that, that the trend is, 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 is moving faster than I've ever seen it move before. Because of that, verse 14 is so important, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Uh, he, says, he says, because of that, you need to be steadfast and sure. You need to hold on to those things that you have learned, apply them to your life, and do not move. Don't let those things in the world and those people in the world affect you Decide what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, how the, how the Bible's going to affect your life, and then make sure you live it and stick with it. And you, 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 don't, you don't waver uh, down the road, uh, they become anchors in your life. Uh, I used the illustration here, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, the fact that uh, as, as the You know, there's definitely a difference between just about any Christian that you would meet and the world. But where, where where it gets sticky is when, as the world gets worse and worse, the Christian just stays that certain distance away until finally the Christian is where the world used to be. And, and now it's even worse than, than he or she used to be. They're still a, di- a distance from the world, but, but they're like the, wor- the way that the world used to be. And uh, uh, that kind of a movement doesn't happen overnight. It happens uh, o- over time. It's, it's gradual. But it's because we don't have some firm principles, some anchors, uh, just solidly set in our lives that we absolutely... Will not move away from. Um, take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs 22. This principle is taught uh, in the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 22, and I want you to look down with me in verse 28. Proverbs 22. And verse 28. Proverbs 22, 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Now, a landmark was uh, was simply a a mark to designate the boundary of land. Uh, It was any mark or fixed object that determined... uh, the boundaries of a person's land. And of course, land was very important to the Jews. Uh, they would pass it on from generation to generation. That's why Naboth did not want to give up his vineyard because it was part of his his uh, heritage and his inheritance. He had landmarks that set out where his land was, and uh, the King Ahab wanted wanted his vineyard, wanted his land, and he refused to give it to him. And so he sabotaged him, lied about him, and so forth, set him up, and then took the land. But uh, but to, to the Jews, landmarks were very, very important. Uh, if you take that principle and apply it to us as Christians, we should have landmarks in our in our personal beliefs and our personal character that we find from Scripture Uh pegs that we put down in certain places and make parameters and say, listen, I'm going to stay within the parameters of uh, of the, the landmarks that I have laid out in my life so that I can have a life that pleases and honors God. And we need to place those landmarks in our lives to determine the boundaries for our living. What this is, is this is the principle approach to biblical living. It's living by biblical principles. What's a principle? Well, principle is simply a, a general truth that is used to guide and direct specific actions. In other words, you come up front with the specific actions because of the, the general truth that, uh, that God tells us about uh, the word of God gives us principles to guide us and to help us develop wisdom and understanding. This is how you get that wisdom. This is how you get that understanding. You find principles in the Scripture, things that uh, God says, generally speaking, that we ought to do or not do, and then we we make we make some guidelines in our life based upon that. It ends up being a a, a three step process, and I got. I got this, uh, this, this process from a fellow by the name of R.B. Ouellette. Uh, he's uh, got a book on biblical principles or principled living. And uh, he's, he says there's a three-step process that starts with a principle, goes to a conviction, and then ends up as a standard or a rule. And it starts with a principle. Again, that's a, that's a Bible truth that that, uh, I must live by. It's what God says. It's what God makes plain. The second step is from that principle comes a conviction. A conviction is my personal belief based upon a Bible principle. It's it's what I personally believe because of what the Bible says. And then the the third thing is a standard, or you could call it a rule. And it's a rule that you make. You know, it's not one the church makes. It's not one that, that that someone else makes for you. You make it. Now, the truth of the matter is, we make rules around this church, and we do it based upon uh, Bible principles and Bible convictions, and therefore we we have a standard. You you may, you say, well, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily live uh, that principle that particular way. All right, I understand that. But, however, uh, when uh, God gives someone authority in an area, this is the process they should follow, and all those that are under should agree to it simply because they're following it from a biblical standpoint. They're doing it the right way. There's a stink bug. Goodbye. Uh, (laughs) Goodbye. I don't think you want to step right over here because if you do, you'll know that you stepped on a stink bug. Why those things smell? Uh, none, none, you know, I love God's creatures, but I don't like them crawling all over my notes during the middle of a message. So, uh, but uh, but uh, the uh, uh, that's the problem. And you need to do that in your home. You know, uh, you should you should have you should have uh, principles that you go by in your home that cause you to. Uh, develop convictions that cause you to develop rules. And and let's face it, folks, the rules are gonna vary from home to home. Why? Because you're dealing with individuals. One home may have one set of problems and so have to handle it one way. Another home may have another set of problems so they have to handle it another way. But here's the thing that's important. It needs to all be based upon Bible principles. It needs to be based upon Bible principles and, and uh, standards that we, you know, I've, I've, I've heard people uh, make comments about, well, you know, so-and-so, uh, they're just legalists because they've got all kinds of standards. Uh, standards are not Scripture, but there are personal attempts to keep Bible principles. And, and I'll, I'll just I'll just say this to you. If you don't have any standards, you're not following Bible principles and your life isn't pleasing unto God. You can't do it without standards. And that's why it's important for individuals to be separated and to have standards in their personal life that guide and direct what they do and what they don't do. Um, a, a good example, and I... I uh, Brother Olette gave this in his book, and it's an excellent example. If you look at the secular world, they operate that same way. Now they don't necessarily always go to, to the Bible, but they operate that way. for instance, there is a there is a general principle that uh, uh, government is there to keep its citizenry safe. Now, I realize we have, we have faltered on that principle a lot, particularly in the state of New York lately. But if you look at it in one particular area, we're trying to, to do it right. Uh, and so we're going to pick the area where they do it right. Uh, and that, that is in, in the highway department, okay? Because of the principle that government is to keep its citizenry safe, we not only uh, need to keep them safe, but need to keep them safe on the roads. The cars are big vehicles. They can do damage. They can, uh, you know, they can be a great asset. They can also be a great liability if misuse. And so we need to make some rules and regs in order to keep the citizenry safe. And those rules and regs come up with things like speed limit, okay, uh, in fact, I heard I just heard this week where they're considering about uh, raising the speed limit in New York to 70 miles an hour. Great if you can do that and keep people safe still while doing it, that'd be that'd be wonderful. Uh, but uh, uh, the idea is is that they're, they're the reason why they they pick the numbers they pick because they have a desire, and that's a desire to keep the road safe, and they have a desire to keep the road safe because they they have this principle that they need to keep their citizenry safe well that' that's the same way that you and I need to operate in our personal life when it comes to the word of God now understand something and this is so important because I've seen people get goofy on this standards alone don't make a person spiritual did you hear what I just said standards alone don't make a person spiritual. Uh, They've got to be coupled with love for God. They've got to be coupled with a desire to please him, not just doing standards because of standards. But note this, uh, spiritual people will always have standards. And if you have no standards, you won't be spiritual, period. That's all there is to it. And I don't mean somebody else's standards. I mean you. You, you know, I. I. Uh, this is this happened years ago. I was, I remember talking to one of one of our ladies at the time. She was. She was a lady here in our church. She'd been saved. Oh, I don't know, two years. And she was. She was sharing with me. She said, "You know, uh, I used to. I used to wear certain kinds of clothes, and now I don't wear those clothes anymore. I wear these clothes now." And, and I said, well, let me ask you something. I called her by name and I says, why is it you changed? And this is what she said. She said, because I was reading in the Bible one day and the Bible said, and man, I about came unglued. I was so thrilled and so excited. She wasn't changing because somebody said, you know, you shouldn't wear one of those things, you know. It's because she found something in the Bible. The Bible got a hold of her heart and got a hold of her conscience, and she said, "You know what? If I follow that scripture, I won't wear and I will wear." You know, again, it's not just what you won't do. Uh, I hope, particularly when it comes to clothes, that it's not just you put it off. I hope you put something on too. Okay, <laughs> but, but, but in, <laughs> but that's true in every area. Oh, I'm glad you're laughing because you know, it's good to have right spirit about this whole thing. Uh, you, 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 you have to be willing to come to God and say, God, whatever it is that you want, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be willing to fall in lockstep with you. Uh, you don't just keep standards, but you teach the Bible principles that the standards are based upon. And by the way, that is that is oftentimes where, as parents, we fail. We give them the do's and don'ts, but we don't give them the whys and wherefores. There is a a school, uh, down in it's, it's a college down in down in uh, in the south. That's just recently changed their dress standards, and I went I went on the I went on their website here, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and took a look at the dress stand, and I was was shocked. I was appalled, quite frankly. Um, And the reason why is for years they took a strong stand about dressing in a godly manner, whether it be men or women, both of them uh, dressing godly, and that has changed. You know why it bothers me? Because obviously the people that are running the show now uh, don't have Bible principles that the other folks had, or the folks that had them before didn't pass them on. All they passed on was the rules. Don't just pass on rules to your kids. Make sure you give them the whys. Make sure you give them the wherefores. Uh, And with that in mind, look with me, if you would. Colossians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 1, and then I'm done. Colossians 1. And here's the the thrust of the message uh, tonight. Are you willing, when God shows you uh, what he wants you to change, or he shows you a Bible principle, are you willing to specifically uh, develop a conviction and then make rules and regs that will guide and direct your personal life. If you're not willing to take it to that step, then this whole this whole message was for naught. The only way that you gain virtue is by finding principles, developing convictions, and then making personal standards based upon those convictions, which are based upon the Word of God. If, if, it's, if it follows that process, man, you've got, a, you've got an anchor as long as you follow it. You have to follow it, but you've got an anchor. You know, one of the things that just really bothers me is where, where you see folks, and, and I've, I've been around long enough where I've seen this happen a number of times. People went through that process uh, earlier in their Christian life, And when I say earlier, within the first five or ten years of their lives. And so they they made some parameters. They put down some landmarks. They put down some boundaries. And they said, this is what we'll do. This is what we won't do. We're not going to violate these things. And then 30 years later, they said, "Ah, you know, I've been thinking about this. Ah, I'm not so sure that this is right. Now, listen, if there's a clear-cut A Bible truth that you miss, that's one thing. But usually that's not the case. One of the things that I see, and I've seen it a lot, where as their kids get older and they haven't passed on the whys and the wherefores, all they've done is passed on the rules, their kids go off in the weeds somewhere and they go into a love, joy, peace church or they go... You know, they're getting evangelical and so forth. And guess what the parents do? Parents throw up their hands and they follow the kids. And they pitch their anchors. Folks, don't do that. Find Bible principles. Develop convictions based upon those principles. And then make standards, make guidelines, make landmarks in your life, boundaries that will determine what you will do and what you won't do. Colossians chapter 1, and look down in verse uh, 9. Look at verses 9 through 11. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, Paul's talking to the Colossian church. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. That's the, that's the, 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 uh, the Bible principles. The knowledge of his will. Um, I just lost it here. The knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's, that's developing a conviction and seeing the areas that it that it applies in your life and then he says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing that's developing landmarks rules regulations standards whatever you want to call them for yourself and walking in those in those those standards strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There, that, there's the process, and it's lined out. Go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1. Just back up. Philippians is just before Colossians. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That's developing principles that 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 uh, uh, ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and, and, and praise of God. And again. It's, it's finding what the Bible says, finding those principles, then developing a conviction, and then walk accordingly uh, because of, of standards, of rules that you have set down for yourself. Now, here's, here's the invitation, and here's, here's the whole purpose of tonight's message. Are you willing to make whatever changes... God shows are necessary based upon the Bible principles that we'll discover over the next few weeks. Now, for, for some of you, it's gonna be old hat stuff, but, but be careful because, you know, I can study something that's old hat and all of a sudden God said, but what about this area of your life? This, this principle is not being used over here and it needs to be. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, you're right, I see that. Uh, are we willing to make changes as God speaks to our heart, do we do we are are we willing to look for principles, develop convictions, and then have have personal standards in our lives so that we don't violate those convictions? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I, I thank you so much for your word. It is so plain. It is so forthright. Uh, so many times it just. It, it knocks us right between the eyes. And uh, we'd have to be blind, deaf, and dumb not to see some of the stuff that is just so obvious in Scripture. And, and yet, you, whenever you show us something, you want us to go through the process. You want us to find the principles and then develop a conviction and then determine some ways, practical ways, that we can do that in our personal life. And sometimes it involves a don't and other times it involves a do. It's, not, it's certainly not all negative, but it is a specific action based upon convictions that are based upon Bible principles. Lord, may our hearts be such that tonight we just kind of surrender to you and say, Lord, uh, as you speak to my heart, whether it be on Sunday nights and we study these specific principles or whether it be in my own personal Bible study and I stumble across something that I never saw before and you touch my heart about something that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing or something that I'm not doing that I should be doing. And Lord, uh, tonight may our hearts be such that we just surrender to you and say whatever you show me I'm willing to follow because, God, my number one desire is I want to please you because you're my Savior, you're my God, and I love you. Father, work in in this invitation, work in our hearts. Have your will, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.